Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. I can't remember anything different. Uh, for most of my life, I didn't think anything of it, but I've always lived on this ship. You know, when you live on land and the ground is always solid beneath you, you you just take for granted the land, uh, the solid ground that you live on. Same with living on a ship. Uh, You simply take for granted the safety of the ship. But eventually I started looking around this ship. And the first thing I started noticing were the people on it with me. And every single one of them were poor. And I don't mean financially. Some were poor financially, but all of them were poor in another way that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Almost all of them mourned at some point, many for long periods of time, because they had known others who had been taken off this ship before them. Many were lowly, humble, uh, people that that most of the world would despise and, and cast off Uh, They had diseases, they had problems, they had addictions, and every single one of them realized it. And many of these same people were hungry and thirsty, not just for food and water, but they longed to be free from those things. And all of them were constantly reading, uh, some of it even seemed to me they were reading a little bit too much, Uh, they were reading, reading a certain large book. But the ones who did spend a lot of time reading this book, uh, I noticed somehow, and it didn't really make sense to me, somehow they seemed to have more time for others. They showed mercy to those who were even worse off than they were, without expecting anything in return. And they were all constantly proclaiming a certain peace to others off the ship uh, and, and on the ship. And when they, it was like when they were proclaiming this peace to the people off the ship, it was like they were throwing a life preserver over those people, over those people, and saying to those people in the water how much more peaceful and calm it was in the ship. But strangely, I noticed that whenever they proclaimed this peace to people off the ship, almost every single time they were ridiculed, they were persecuted by those same people that they were trying to help. The people on the water said that the people on the ship must be lying. Uh, After all, look how much larger and how much free the ocean was than that little tiny ship. And then I started looking at the ship itself. The entrance to the ship was a a little door with eight sides. And and it was very small, like like a porthole, a portal. And actually, there was a barrier of water that you had to pass through to get into it. Entrance through this portal plunged a person into the middle of the ocean on this ship. And so at the same time, as each person came through, they were exposed to the dangers of the ocean, but they were also kept safe as long as they remained on the ship. And as each person came through this portal, they received a sign on their forehead. Now, the ship itself was nothing special. It was old. It was ancient, in fact. 
Most of it had looked like it had been pieced together from scraps. There's an engraving I found somewhere that said it was built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The ship looked like at any second the whole thing just might collapse in on itself from the pressures around it. In fact, there were some people even on the inside of the ship that, try, that tried to dismantle the ship from the inside. And they looked like all the rest of the people, but they seemed to view themselves as, as more righteous. But still, this ship held together. No matter what these people or anybody tried to do, the ship always held together. And the ship was like a sailboat. And, and the sail itself was, was held up by, by old beams that, that formed a, a cross above us. And it even looked like there was a, a body still on it. But that, that, that sail, that cross, was the only thing that powered this ship. There was no motor, there was no engine, uh, there was no oars to row, so no one could make it go any faster. And so this ship carried across the water very, very slowly, very patiently. Some days it, it seemed slower than others, painfully slow. In fact, the farther we got, the farther out we got, the, the darker it got. The golden evening sun was setting in the west. And as time went on, more and more people on board uh, had been called off the ship by the captain, including some of my own relatives, some very close, even young friends, and most recently, fellow passengers on the ship, Jim, Matt, and Myrtle. Now, no one had ever seen the captain. But there were details and stories that had been passed down about him from the older passengers on board uh, to the younger. And this apparently had continued on that way for 2,000 years. And the captain had given us two words. He'd given us a, a warning, and he'd given us a promise. He warned that we were to stay together on this ship, that we were not to leave it. And if we left it, we'd be in grave danger, out alone, in the water. Outside the ship was certain death. But he also promised that if we stayed on the ship and, and the further into the ship we got and the more time we spent on side of it simply because of the promise, the safer we would be. And he promised that this entire ship and everyone on it would eventually make it to the shore one day. And it was the promise of, of a new life. A new life in a new promised land. A land unlike anything we could ever imagine. A, a land so great and so magnificent that it would make the entire ocean look like a tiny little bathtub. But along the way, some passengers didn't seem to take the captain's warning uh, too seriously. Some didn't listen at all. There were many who came through the door who had been baptized through this watery portal, but left almost as soon as they came in. Some who had been there a while had gotten tired of everyone else on the ship. They didn't like being among the poor, the mourners, the lowly, or the hungry. They had seen all these people with problems and they didn't understand why it was better with them. And so they found some little, little rowboats, some boats they could row by themselves. And they thought if they could just watch the ship, just watch the ship from a distance, and then at least they wouldn't have to deal with all the problems on board. And they thought they could row themselves 
to shore by their own power. Others had seen uh, even bigger and seemingly better ships out on the water. And there were cruise ships with all the luxuries. Uh, there were ships that were rowed and powered by everybody on board. Uh, but each one of those ships were sailing in a different direction than ours. And still some left the captain ship and boarded those anyway, thinking that eventually they'd get to the same place. There were others who were tempted by various things outside the ship. And they wanted to see that if they could jump over and get back in. And strangely, everything that lured them out of the ship uh, seemed very similar. But everyone uh, boasted that well, they were different and, and they would be able to get back into the ship on their own. Some of them made it. But as they made it, they started jumping out more and more. And each time they jumped out, they, they jumped farther out from the ship. And it began, became to be more difficult to get back on. And soon a storm came that rocked our ship completely. The waves pummeled it. Many, even in our own ship, were terrified. There was a lot of praying to the captain, but there was very little faith, even among us. But soon a calm came. It had nothing to do with the size of our faith. But unfortunately, we, we never saw those who had left the ship again. We all received word from the captain that once a week, normally, uh, and, and more often when there was a special celebration, that there would be a great banquet, a great feast. And this captain promised that this meal would be the one thing that would sustain us uh, on this difficult and long uh, journey. It would keep us from getting seasick. It would help us from despair from the long and treacherous journey. It would preserve us on the ship. And it would actually unite everyone else together on this ship. It would cause everyone else to look out for the good of each other uh, on this ship more, uh, to love each other more, and to love the ship and her captain even more. It was the antidote to absolutely everything that had caused those people to leave the ship. And sure enough, it was a feast. Now, it didn't look like much. Just some bread and some relatively cheap wine. And those who received it, they were the poor. The poor that I couldn't quite put my finger on before. They were poor in spirit. They'd realized that they had no power, no spirit in themselves, no wealth, no righteousness, no strength uh, of, of which they, they had to, to even be at this, at this feast. They didn't deserve to be at this feast. They didn't even deserve to be on this ship. Uh, and they couldn't make it to the shore by themselves. And so being poor in themselves, they came, weary and burdened, weary from the long journey and burdened by all the temptations and pressures around them. And they ate, and they drank, and they received their nourishment at this feast of feasts, this best of all feasts with the well-aged wine and the best cuts of meat. And they received their strength and their rest. And those that saw themselves as completely lacking, as hungry and thirsty, began to come even more and receive it even more. The greater their lowliness, 
the greater the captain's feast became and the greater the captain. And the more they loved the ship and their fellow passengers, they became a, a communion, each one together in this fellowship. And then finally, one day, out of the midst of darkness, uh, with no warning, the most glorious day broke. Trumpets called, and in front of us was the promised land that the captain had assured us of. And then we saw him, our captain, the king of glory, pass before us. He was the crucified one. And then we all turned around. Uh, we each looked at, at everybody else who had been on this ship. And the seal on our foreheads was the image of that cross of the crucified one who had brought us safely here. And there were countless numbers of us. We were from every nation under heaven, every tribe, people, and language. You know, back when we were on the ship in the middle of the ocean, uh, it seemed small, and yet somehow always empty. But now, looking back, the ship was always filled, always filled completely with the number of the elect, the number sealed by the captain. It was always filled. And we no longer looked poor, but we were clothed with magnificent white robes, the same robe as of the captain. And we had palm branches in our hands. We were from every nation, tribe, people, and a language, and we were safe on the shore. At long last, we were safe at the promised land. And looking back now, everything that happened to us on the ship, everything that happened uh, to the ship, every battle, every storm, every creek, every crack, everything was for our good. We were blessed even when we were poor. We were blessed even when we were mourning. We were blessed even when we were lowly. We were blessed even when we were hungry or thirsty. We were blessed even when we were persecuted. We are blessed. Salvation has come from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And there before us are angels standing around the throne. There are four elders, the four living creatures. They fall on their faces, worshiping God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and might belong to our God forever and ever. How blessed it is. How blessed you are to be a part of the communion of saints. In Jesus' name, amen.